Welcome to the Lawyerist Podcast with Sam Glover and Aaron Street. Each week, Lawyerist brings you advice and interviews to help you build a more successful law practice in today's challenging and constantly changing legal market. And now, here are Sam and Aaron. Hi, I'm Sam Glover. And I'm Aaron Street, and this is episode 131 of the Lawyerist Podcast, part of the Legal Talk Network. Today we're talking with Jess Birkin about how she built her award-winning website on a reasonable budget. Today's podcast is sponsored by Ruby Receptionists and its smart, charming receptionists who are perfect for small firms. Visit callruby.com slash lawyerist to get a risk-free trial with Ruby. Today's podcast is sponsored by Clio Legal Practice Management Software. Clio makes running your law firm easier. Try it for free today at Clio.com. So we're going to chat with Jess in a minute about how she was able to build a website for her solo practice that won one of our best law firm website of the year awards this past year and how she found a designer and came up with the ideas for it, etc. and how she was able to do so for a relatively inexpensive investment. And I think her advice for how lawyers... Let me qualify inexpensive, by the way. I think four to $5,000 is yes. what she wound up okay. spending. So yeah. Which in fairness is approximately the average, which I think yeah. a lot of people don't actually realize that yeah. there's a fairly standard industry benchmark and that's more or less right around the norm for a solo or small firm website. And she took on a lot of the sourcing of talent and figuring out what she wanted herself um, she definitely wasn't a DIYer in the sense of buying a $20 a month Squarespace site and putting the images in herself and moving the widgets around herself. So not DIY in that sense, but she didn't hire a traditional law firm website designer who can just know how to do this exact thing. I, I think what's important to note about Jess is she has a very good sense of style. And she knew what she wanted. And when it comes to whether you're going to do it yourself or hire somebody, you have to have that. You have to have a very good idea of what you want. And you should be the kind of person that people recognize has a good sense of style and be willing to do all of that work. Yeah, we don't necessarily think that applies to most lawyers. Yeah, I mean, it's all preamble <laughs> to say that I'm really excited for this interview with Jess. I think everyone listening will get some good practical ideas about how to think about their website design and online marketing presence and things. Um, but for the vast majority of small firm lawyers, taking so much into their own hands is probably not the right answer. And definitely a pure DIY solution where you're coding your own WordPress website or doing something in Squarespace is the wrong answer for most people. There are certainly some for whom it's appropriate. And we offer a solution kind of in that broad context, which is if you want our recommendation for free for a dedicated law firm website design service, we've got an online survey form you can fill out on Lawyerist where we will email you a customized recommendation based on your particular firm's needs and interests and budget. And we can match you with someone who will be able to solve your law firm website design needs. Yeah, basically, people have been asking us for years how to get a website. And we've tried a few different things. And what we've finally done is we've reached out to 
web developers and designers who we would want to refer people to anyway, and they've agreed to work with the people that we send them. And so um, if you talk to us, we'll try and give you a recommendation. And I think, Aaron, you've got recommendations for people who want really sophisticated marketing strategies and are going to need really big, complex websites to support that down to, you know, solos who just need a simple three, five or seven page website. Yep. Uh, We have a variety of possible recommendations depending on what your particular needs are. And we try to do a really good job of matching you with someone who will be a good fit for you and your firm. So to find that assessment, if you're interested in taking it, again, it's free. There's no commitment. Um, We just want to be able to match you with someone who can help you. You can either go to Lawyerist and click on the menu and best law firm websites. And then you can click on the link to get a free assessment or the link is directly in the show notes on this podcast page. Yeah. And I think everybody's going to be interested in hearing about how Jess went about this in the same way that the more you know about it, the better you're going to feel about hiring somebody to do it for you. Or if you are somebody who, like Jess, has a pretty clear idea of what you want and you are somebody who has a good sense of style and design, then you might just get inspired to go build one of the websites that wins an award from us or another contest. So here's my conversation with Jess. I'm Jess Birkin. I focus my practice on helping nonprofits and arts organizations. I deal with their paperwork so they can get back to the mission. Cool. Hi, Jess. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. So uh, I'm always curious, and I think lots of people are, how do you get nonprofits to pay you? Um, yeah, you know, that is a really common question. I mean, do you have to like constantly uh, weed through like or wade through people who want you to do work for free? Yeah. I mean, if I had a nickel for every time I was offered a, a seat on a nonprofit's board, I would be very rich. That's <laughs> that's definitely true. Um, yeah, I got to say my my clients are re- actually really good at, at paying me, mm-hmm. you know, um, bless them. Uh, this year after TBD law, actually, I instituted a new rule that I require a pretty sizable trust deposit. And I find that that has been really helpful in very quickly vetting people who are willing to write a check for your services or That'll not. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. What well, you mentioned TBD law. So you're joining us uh, or you joined us. Yeah. And uh, you are also, people should know, uh, one of the winners of our best law firm websites contest. And I think one of the more striking in the top 10. Oh, thanks. <laughs> that was that was a complete shock. I was, got like a tweet at like 10 o'clock at night from somebody saying congratulations. And I was like, what? Well, and I, th- I thought it would be interesting to talk about the process of getting that website because you're a solo, right? Yes. Do you have any people who you work with you? I've recently taken on a couple of um, interns, mm-hmm. but I, I don't have a paralegal or associates or any of that. I have two very part-time interns. Oh, wait, so tell me about interns. Are these like law students or? One is a recent college grad who wants to work in the nonprofit sector, and one is a current college student who thinks that he wants to go to law school. Gotcha. Are you trying to dissuade him? <laughs> Um, no. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Okay, so you're a true solo um, with with a little bit of help, I guess. And I think it's the solos in general who are often the most intimidated by the idea of getting a website. And so I thought it might be helpful to kind of walk through how you got yours, um, what you did to it, did to get it, and how it all came out. Because, I mean, the end result is really striking. 
and awesome. And so at what point did you build a website or did you decide you needed a website? Was that right when you started your practice? Yeah. I I mean, I pretty much knew immediately that I was going to need and want a website. I was in a partnership before and I was in charge of our website there. I have a teeny tiny consulting business on the side and I have a website there. So it was just obvious to me that I was going to get a website. I mean, yes, it's obvious to you and me. It isn't always obvious to people. So I I guess I feel like it's worth asking the question. But yeah, I mean, normal people find people through websites. Yeah. and And I find that even though a lot of my business is word of mouth referrals, most often I talk to those folks and they tell me that they looked at my website and my marketing guy tells me that people look at my website. <laughs> so I think that it's really, today, it's our calling card on the internet. It's how people vet you, even if their best friend said, oh, you've got to use Jess. Right. They want to know for themselves that this person is credible, that you know what you're talking about, and also how to reach you if they don't already have that information. Right. If I'm sitting down having coffee and it comes up that I need help with something, and somebody recommends Jess Birkin, the first thing I do is pull out my phone, Google you, and see what your website looks like. Yep. And so, like, I don't think people necessarily uh, appreciate that the first impression that you make is often your website. Actually, it's often your search results, but it's your website um, before somebody even walks in the door. So, you just said marketing guy. Who's your marketing guy? I work with a really amazing uh, person named Leo. He's Leo Boji. He's at LBJ3 Marketing. He's... Uh, been really instrumental in helping me kind of figure out my strategy. Um, He's someone that works at my co-working space and he and I became friends and I would just listen to him talk. Okay. And he was saying things like, well, you know, why, why do you get up in the morning? Why do you do the work that you do? And I was like, ah, hmm. When you started that sentence, I thought you were going to start throwing out a whole bunch of social media jargon. Those are good questions. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So when you say working with him, is he like on a retainer or does he bill you by the hour? I mean, what does he, what does he do for you and, and how frequently and what does that look like? So he has a sort of graduated payment plan where Mm -hmm. depending on what phase you're at in your business, if you're a startup, it's going to be smaller amount. If you're cool. doing more advanced things, you're in a different bucket and you're paying more. So he's really, I'm in the startup category, I pay him a monthly fee and he and his team have helped me make sure that my website is listed properly in all the directories, you know, just some of those basic nuts and bolts that most people aren't thinking about. Okay. And certainly I don't have time to, or skills to deal with. And then on the other side, just, yeah, sitting down and figuring out who are my ideal clients? Why do I like working with those people? Why do I just get up every day and keep doing this work, you know? So they're kind of helping you figure out where the opportunities are and then making sure that you actually go after them, sounds like. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so you're a true solo with a marketing person. Um, did that predate the website? No, I actually um, did the website on my own before joining up with Leo. How did you get started building a website? Well, I've got a young man in Canada that I've worked with previously. His name's Chris Ryan, and he's really, really great. I am fairly creative, and I know what I want. So I can tell him, I want it to look like this. I want it to have these components, but I don't necessarily want to spend the time learning HTML or figuring out how to make my 
WordPress <laughs> work. So it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just my preference. So I'll sort of work on the the design or the wireframing, and then have Chris sort of implement it, and we go through a lot of so iterations. How did, when you say you already knew him, I think you found him through Freelancer.com, right? Yes. Yeah, I had hired him previously through Freelancer, and he just really did a good job, and so I figured... I could hire him directly. What is it? What does that look like? How do you hire somebody through a freelance website? I, I I know that's honestly it's intimidating to me. I'm quite confident it's equally intimidating for people who aren't even sure how to get a website yet. Yeah, you know it's it's a lot easier than you might think. They have pretty good instructions on the website, and mm-hmm. and essentially you need to write a project brief that says, you know, here's here's the outcome I want. This is what I'm looking for. You know, I want a, a website that's one page with these sections hmm. or whatever. Or, you know, I'm looking for someone to write the copy for a brochure for my law firm. I mean, really you, anything. Did you set the budget or did they make bids? When I was working through the freelancer.com website, I am pretty sure that they submit bids. Mm-hmm. But it's honestly been a long time okay. uh, since I've been on there. So. And then when you wanted to go back and rehire him, you didn't go through freelancer.com. I didn't. Are you supposed to? Probably. <laughs> I don't actually know the answer. So. I just figured they're taking a cut and I'd rather yeah. the whole the whole amount go to the designer. And since okay. I he's a known quantity to me after the first project, so... Gotcha. And he obviously did a great job. What parts did he do and what parts did you do? So I wrote all the copy. Mm-hmm. I chose the theme. Okay. And did he present you with options or... I think he would have. Yeah. I basically said I'm looking for a single nav, sorry, single navigation theme, which is the kind <laughs> where you just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and it yep. doesn't have all of those drop down menus with separate pages necessarily. So he did give me some ideas. Mm-hmm. And then I also, because I'm interested in this stuff, I went on, you know, theme forest or gotcha. whatever and started looking for other themes. And I, I also like to do. I'll find a website that I really like. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I like how this looks or I like how this works. I like the structure of this framework. And then he would go out and look for themes that would deliver those gotcha. same items. We're sort of unintentionally skipping a step, which somehow at some point you bought Birkenlaw.com and managed to get it hooked up to things and working with email and stuff. Did you do all that yourself? I did. Um, and you just figured it out or? Yeah, I think I've owned that domain for a really long time because hmm. I've I actually used, even though my law practice is relatively new as a solo, I had a business writing motions and appeals for other attorneys gotcha. back in the day. So I'm pretty sure I've had that domain in some dark corner for a really yeah. long time. But yeah, I just, I'm sure I just went to Namecheap or GoDaddy or something and just... Yeah paid for some hosting. I, I think that is another step that really intimidates people, but it's actually quite easy to do. Yeah. And that'd be a great thing that you could actually put out on freelancer. If yeah. it's scary, you could say, I need somebody to go buy a dom- this domain for me. And literally you could have somebody and do 50 that for bucks you. Sounds like it probably is way too much to pay for that. Yeah. I, I would <laughs> say so. Like 30 bucks will probably get it done. Yeah. Or less. Yeah. Yeah. Including the cost of like acquiring the domain probably. So, so it sounds like you pretty much knew what you wanted the end product to look like. And how did, how did you, the communication between you and your designer work on that? How did, how did you 
accurately convey to him, here's what I want it to look like in the end. Yeah, that's um, that's always an interesting process. You know, I've actually never spoken to Chris on the phone. Okay. So we would just email back and forth. There would be screenshots. He He hosted a temporary, you know, in his sort of design oh, area. Like a test site? Yeah, yeah, he had a test site on his end of things. And so he would send me a link like, okay, look at this. Is this how you want it? And then and I'd write was back. Was this like email so slowly over weeks or was it like in pretty much quick real time? Uh, it was definitely slowly over weeks because I was okay. trying to deal with my clients yeah. all <laughs> along the way. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure he could have moved a lot faster if I hadn't been so slow because he's very fast in gotcha. general. All right. So you hired a pro to help you with the design at, to really to implement your vision. How'd you get the pictures done? They're good pictures. Thank you. Um, yeah, actually, I love those pictures. <laughs> I'm like, I wish I could look like that forever and never have to update those photos. I know, but like in a few years, you got to do it again. And totally. Cross your fingers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I worked with this photographer whose name is Kelly, Kelly Loverud. Uh, he is amazing. Yeah. He does really cool, arty portraits. The reason I found him was because I work with the Minneapolis Beard and Mustache Club, which I <laughs> highly encourage everyone to Google. They are a phenomenal group of guys that are really into um, extravagant beard and mustache expressions. <laughs> I don't know how else to frame that. That's hilarious. But all of their members have these really beautiful business cards with their really beautiful portraits on them of their mustaches and beards in all their glory. That's and awesome. I, I wanted to know who their photographer was. So that's how I found Kelly and, and he's great at his I mean, job. this is, so this is kind of a theme, like to figure out, to get what you want, go find out things that you like and then try to figure out people who can either do it for you or who did it and then hire them. Yeah, honestly, I'm not a big believer in reinventing the wheel. Nobody yeah. needs to reinvent the wheel on any of this stuff. You know, find something you like and try and make your own version. I feel like it, it is important to express your, like to, to have a message that you want to convey about your firm and to, to embed that in your brand and your website. But none of that requires you to go spend $15,000 on a designer. Oh God, no. How much did you spend? Are you, are you willing to, on, on, on the website the design. website i want to say it was under a thousand dollars and how about the photos the photos were also under a thousand dollars cool you have a logo you have a cool b logo oh uh, yeah tell yeah. me about getting that so this is a great invention D designers by the way just yeah just, just tune out for a minute totally just plug, your plug your ears yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the graphic design version of our <laughs> ai takeover conversations um, there's a company out there called Taylor Brands where you essentially answer a few questions, write a sentence or two about your company, look at a bunch of fonts and pick things you like, things you don't like. And their little algorithm spits out seven or eight different logos for you to choose from. And then you can just keep doing that over and over again until you find something that you like. And I found my logo that way. I think it's good. It's good enough. Certainly my clients aren't hiring me because of my logo. I mean, I think like a logo is a good thing to have. Yeah. So that you have like 
a thing that reinforces that you are not, I mean, lots of lawyers just have like, they've centered the name of their law firm at the top of a, you know, blank piece of page. With like in, a scale. In t- yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they pulled some Microsoft word clip art, but like, it's not important what your logo is as long as you have one so that you can, it's like, it's like stamping your, your name on everything basically. It's a little eerie. I went to the website, which is taylorbrands.com. And don't worry, we'll stick some of these links in the show notes. But, you know, it said it, it asked for the name of your company. So I type in lawyerist. It says, uh, give us your tagline. You know, we help lawyers start managing, grow uh, small firms. And I had to shorten that up because it thought that was too long. Um, then it asked you to explain in some words what your company does. And then I got to write it out. We help small firms start managing, grow their their firms. And then um, it asks you to select like which fonts do you like and do you want one that's basically an icon or a typography, you know, a letter based. Um, and one of the options that popped up was very close to the logo we actually have, which makes me feel like I'm this very predictable person, apparently. But <laughs> I think it's just that their algorithm is good. Maybe it Googled lawyerist and like saw the, the actual logo. I don't know. Like I put all this work into it and now I feel silly about it. But OK, we need to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll keep talking about how Jess got her website. This podcast is supported by Ruby Receptionists. As a matter of fact, Ruby answers our phones at Lawyerist, and my firm was a paying Ruby customer before that. Here's what I love about Ruby. When I'm in the middle of something, I hate to be interrupted, so when the phone rings, it annoys me, and that often carries over into the conversation I have after I pick up the phone, which is why I'm better off not answering my own phone. Instead, Ruby answers the phone, and if the person on the other end asks for me, a friendly, cheerful receptionist from Ruby calls me and asks if I want them to put the call through. It's a buffer that gives me a minute to let go of my annoyance and be a better human being during the call. If you want to be a better human being on the phone, give Ruby a try. Go to callruby.com slash lawyerist to sign up, and Ruby will waive the $95 setup fee. If you aren't happy with Ruby for any reason, you can get your money back during your first three weeks. I'm pretty sure you'll stick around, but since there is no risk, you might as well try. Imagine what you could do with an extra eight hours per week. You could invest in marketing your firm, you could spend more time helping clients in need, or you could catch your daughter's soccer game. That's how much time legal professionals save with Clio, the world's leading practice management software. With Clio, tracking time, billing, and matter management are fast and easy, giving you more time to focus on what really matters. And Clio is a complete practice management platform with plenty of tools and over 50 integrations to help you automate daily tasks such as document generation and court calendaring. See how the right software can make it easier to manage your practice. Try Clio for free today at Clio.com. I saw that you just added a video to your website. Yeah. Which uh, one of our other finalists, I think, who I think they're in the the runner-up category on our website's competition is Davis Law. And Davis Sensman has been on our podcast. She has a very, like a moving picture website. Mm -hmm. And your video kind of reminds me of hers. By any chance, did you, is that the same videographer or no? I don't believe it's the same videographer. But I know from talking with Leo that having video is, you know, Google likes that. Hmm. So I mean, there's an element of like people are going to start doing that because Google likes that. But then there's also the element of it makes you seem like a real person and it's yeah. someone can vet you and make a judgment about who you are by watching a little video. And I think that works with Davis's website, too. I like the way theirs is pretty silent, but yep. it gives you a sense of who they are and how they are at their office. Yeah, seeing, and, and yours is the same, like seeing you smile, um, talking to people, interacting, it humanizes you. And Google does like it because it makes people stay on your page longer. 
Um, and one of the algorithms Google uses is how fast do people bounce back to Google after clicking a link to your website. And so a video makes them stay longer. And if you're, if you're making them stay for a good reason, then that's super valuable. Your, your marketing person told you to get video. How did you find your videographer? Um, I worked with Gordon Bird, who is a phenomenal videographer. I was so excited with how had, it had came Had you seen out. other videos of his first? No. Oh, so this was blind. You went in blind. I went in one. completely okay. blind. Leo recommended Gordon. Um, so I trusted Leo. So I took that recommendation. But so, so while we were in the middle of sort of the video process, someone else I know who, you know, claims to be a videographer sent me a vlog that they did. And I was scared. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is horrible. And I'm afraid now that my video is going to be horrible. So I <laughs> Googled Gordon and found his YouTube channel and was immediately reassured because all of his video was amazing. And I, I really like how my yours did out. turn out really well. And like there, there are maybe three types of lawyer videos. I think there's like, there's like the really well produced, but ultimately shitty lawyer videos that are just boring as hell. Like it's like you could watch paint dry um, all day rather than watch those really slick lawyer videos that just have no soul in them. There are videos like yours, which are the opposite. They, they feel very warm and, uh, and there's a connection and, and those are, those are good, I think. And then there's this, uh, and then there's a lot of lawyers who think they ought to be, um, videotaping themselves. Oh my God. I know. Yeah. And it's like the camera quality is like a smartphone and the sound is horrible. And I'm just going to go on record saying like, you should not be doing your own video. Um, at a minimum, get help from a professional on developing the concept around your videos, getting a good lighting and audio setup. I mean, yours is yours is professionally done. So you have great video, uh, great lighting, great audio. You have good quality across the board. Uh, if you if you have to pick one of those things, it goes audio and then lighting, and then worry about your camera. Um, you can have an iPhone, but if you've got a good sound recorder and good lighting, it will come out fine. Yeah, and, and I again, I think I did that video for under a thousand dollars. Like, you don't have to blow ten grand and have some big production crew. Yeah. I work with nonprofits, right? This is not in like <laughs> the most lucrative area of law. So, it, and we still made something that I'm really proud of. So, it it doesn't have to be super intimidating or super expensive. Who wrote all the copy for your website? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I like that's to where, write. That's where a lot of lawyers get hung up is they they know they want to write it themselves because they want it to come out exactly right and then they never write it. Yeah, and I think a lot of lawyers write like lawyers too. So that would be another thing that you could easily work with someone to outsource through freelancer or some other yeah. way. How did you how did you keep yourself to it though and how long did it take you to do it? Well, there were pages that were more important than others. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as you go through the website like the about me page that's pretty important. Yep. So I did that first. And there are plenty of statistics to show that after the homepage, that's where everybody goes. Right. It's yep. your calling card on the internet, right? So some things are just, a, you know, regurgitating an article or, you know, something mm -hmm. on topic. It, it's not that complicated. I mean, I really focus on the about page and the homepage and making sure that the copy is speaking to my clients instead of just talking about why they should hire me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes think the purpose of a website is not to tell potential clients about you, but to help them identify themselves. 
as as your ideal client, right? You're helping them. The, the result should not be, wow, I want to find a way to work with this lawyer. The result should be, I am the perfect client for this lawyer, yeah. which amounts to a phone call in either case. But I feel like if you give them the message that um, they should hire, that I'm the perfect client for this lawyer, they're, they're not going to stop until they've hired you. I am a big Seth Godin fan. Okay. And he talks a lot about, if you don't know who Seth Godin is, he's sort of a mover and shaker Call in marketing. Out and yeah, check it out. Google <laughs> Seth Godin. He's amazing. Um, but he talks about how you should, you know, sort of write or produce or market to the smallest group possible. Mm-hmm. And you want to have your content or your page or whatever it is reflect the kind of person that you want to attract, right? So don't write to everybody. Don't try nope. and market to everybody. So like my website isn't trying to reach every nonprofit under the sun. People in higher ed are not going to hire me. People at big hospitals are not going to hire me. Like the people that want to hire me are entrepreneurial. They're starting something. They want to do something. They want to make a change in the world right now. And they want to connect with someone who is a real person and not necessarily a big corporate entity. Ruth Carter and I talked about this on the podcast a bit too. Um, You know, she posts photos of herself uh, riding subways with no pants on, which, you know, doesn't necessarily have to be everybody's um, (laughs) brand. But, uh, but I, but the point is well taken that, um, you know, it, the thing is, lots of lawyers are afraid to express a personality and soulless personality, less beige lawyer law firm websites are a penny, a million, not even a dime a dozen. And, and they're completely forgettable. Um, and I mean, you're right. If you, if you help clients get to know who you are and identify them as a good fit for the, the specific niche that, that you're going after, um, then you stand out. You become memorable. You make an impression and they, they're more likely to hire you. Yeah, there are a lot of people who won't hire you because you're not aiming at them, but uh, but I think it still makes a difference. So good on you for doing your own copywriting. I noticed uh, on your website, too, you also take credit card payments through your website, and uh, I happen to know that is also a really intimidating thing for a lot of lawyers. A, why do you accept credit card payments? And B, how'd you go about getting it on your website? Why? Because 97% of something is better than 100% of nothing. <laughs> there are so many people, lawyers, who are still sending out paper invoices. And I don't know how other people manage their mail, but here's what I do with the mail that comes into my house, which is one of a, either my wife or I, usually my wife, um, picks it up and puts it in a pile. And every two or three months, we go through that pile. Yep. So if you send us a bill, like, I'm sorry, and I realize it's not super responsible, but almost nothing important comes through the mail to our house. And so that's why it just gets dumped in a pile. And at work, um, I don't actually even check the mail. I think Aaron checks the mail, but I wouldn't know. Um, nothing <laughs> nothing important has ever come through the mail here unless I know it's coming. So invoices by the mail, pay, expecting people to pay by check, that's just not a great way to do it, I don't think. Yeah, I use LaPay. Mm-hmm. I love... LawPay makes it so much easier. I've tried using other online payment structures and that is okay, but it's a little, you have to do a little bit more jumping through the hoops with the accounting. LawPay basically makes your client pay the transaction fee, right? Is that how it works? Um, I guess so. I, what I know for sure is that they don't take any fees for the transaction out yeah. of any account other than your operating account. I see. Oh, I see. They, they're just set up to pull it out of your checking account. Right. So yeah. my clients can make a deposit 
into my trust account online with a credit card, but the merchant fee for that transaction is comes out of my operating gotcha. account. Or they pay it. I have no idea. I just know that, <laughs> that these payments occur, and I basically have a link on my website that goes to my law pay page, which is branded with my logo. So, so it, you didn't have to do, you didn't really have to set this up other than upload your logo. In no, it pay. is deadly easy. Yeah. Okay. There, there are no lawyers that should be not using this. I mean, it's so easy. And it looks like people just, if they want to pay on an invoice, they type in the amount of money, they type in the invoice number and they pay. Yeah. And actually I use Clio. Okay. And so LawPay integrates with Clio. And so it will automatically update the invoice as paid. Oh, wow. And, really? Yeah. And I get an email notification from LawPay that, hey, this client just paid you however many dollars. Great. Then I get an email update from Clio saying, hey, this invoice was, payment was recorded and this How did amount. you get the link on your website? So there, when you're in the editor, you right click, <laughs> paste. No, it, it's really not that difficult. Um, you it know, is another one of those things though that if you needed to hire somebody to do it, it oh, should cost yeah. five bucks. Super easy. Yeah. Super small project for a freelance web person to do for you. Uh, so having been through all this process and getting a, a, an objectively great website out of it, um, is there anything you would have done differently or any any big uh, hurdles you ran into along the way that, that would be helpful for people to know about? You know, it's it's been pretty easy. The biggest hurdle, I think, was page load times, which is getting pretty ticky-tacky. Oh, that, well, the, it is, but I, I, I totally was like, Jess, you got to work on that. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I didn't realize my page load times were so poor until I was recognized by a lawyerist, and thank you again. Mm -hmm. So picking a host that actually can handle the host I was using, no matter what adjustments we did on our end. Gotcha. It just, yeah. the request wasn't even going to their server. So I ended up switching website hosts because I was like, hey, I got to have a page load time that's better than 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty slow. <laughs> uh, to give people an idea what we're talking about, so if you think about it, and this is especially true for mobile, um, I don't remember what the time is, but if people don't see something happening in, say, a tenth of a second, they'll leave. Right. So A, something needs to be on the page in front of them within about a tenth of a second, but everything needs to wrap up in uh, a quick enough time that, um, we don't have time to go, ah, forget it. And let's call it under two seconds, basically, is when your page needs to be functioning and loaded. So um, so that's what Jess is talking about. And it, it is, it's really important. And it matters. Those really cheap um, web hosts work great until you win a contest and then hundreds of people a day are visiting your website and they very quickly get overwhelmed. So sorry about that, kind of our bad. But but that that's what makes the difference. You can you can use HostGator or Bluehost or and you know the cheap ones um, fine, but once you actually are starting to get traffic to your website um, or once you start caring about page speed, you need to upgrade. So who did you end up going with? I use Flywheel oh, and okay. I really like them because they um they will migrate your site for you, mm -hmm. which, can, you know, that's an intimidating process. It even is. for somebody who's techie like uh, me. It's intimidating for me. We just did it recently. Um, and it never goes perfectly smoothly, but it often goes smoother than you think it will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the, the outcome you're hoping for. Yeah. Um, what I like about them is that they can really handle, I mean, my site is dinky, right? There's no reason. Even it's not with, dinky, but it is small. It's small. Yep. Even with all the images on it, it should be able to load very quickly. Yeah. Um, Flywheel offers, I think it's 
called the Content Delivery Service. Yep, CDN. Or, yeah. Content Delivery Network. Network, where the, they'll basically make it faster based on where people are located for your page to load. That's a super layperson mm -hmm. definition, but no, that's, that's an option that's right. <laughs> a lot of the managed hosting websites don't offer. They don't offer it at my level, I guess. Yeah, so I've been really happy with Flywheel. Cool. We sometimes recommend WP Engine for the same reason because they, what, what you want, essentially what you're trying to get is you're trying to spend less money than you would to get like somebody uh, who, like me, who's obsessive about page speed to come in and optimize your site. You're trying to spend a little bit less money like that, but you want more speed and responsiveness and you want a little bit of expertise coming from the people who are managing your website host, your hosting server. Um, and they can start recommending stuff like that. And, he, and even with me, uh, a lot of the stuff that they recommend, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that means, but it sounds good. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> right? So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I can do, but they'll be like, we're going to, we're going to change your, uh, you know, your rendering engine from blah, blah to blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know. It sounds good. Fine. Go do it. So yeah, I, I definitely recommend managed hosting because yeah. I've had the other kind where you just have somebody who's, you know, some friend with a server hosting yep. it for you. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, some image on your website gets taken and linked to by some other weird site. And all of a sudden your site's crashing and you're like, what's going on? And there's stuff you can do to prevent all of that, but you need a knowledgeable person helping yeah, you manage and it. So. Why would you want to spend time yeah. doing that when you can pay, you know, 10 bucks a month or whatever reasonable price for managed hosting. It's it's a no-brainer. Anything else? Any other uh, hurdles that you encountered? Um, Lessons learned? Philosophical observations? I, I think it's been interesting to me. I think lawyers are paying too much for their websites, especially small folks. And getting too little. Often. And getting too little. Yeah. I think there's a lot of stuff that's marketed to us, like this is for lawyers, like have, you know, big companies going to make you a website and it's only going to cost you $10,000. Mm -hmm. You don't need to necessarily do it that way. If you're a big firm and you got a lot going on, maybe, but I would just encourage people who are in the sort of solo small community to not be afraid to just work with somebody to do something small that kicks ass. I mean, my, yeah. my site is totally a shoestring budget site. Yeah. Like I had some company contact me after the lawyers thing and they're like, well, I hope you didn't pay too much for that website <laughs> of course, because it's like a $60 WordPress theme Whatever. you've got on there. I'm like, I wrote back. I was like, yeah, since I made it myself, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much okay with it. Thanks though. I, I would say to shop smart. I mean, there are definitely websites that are supporting sophisticated marketing strategies that need to cost 50 grand yes. or 10 or 15 or what, you know, but you're right. There are a lot of lawyers who are buying a $15,000 website who don't need one. Um, and what they're getting is a $100 website that they didn't realize. And, you know, it, and, it, and it depends on what your goals are. If, you're, if your goals are completely, um, you know, getting all your clients through search engine optimization and online marketing, you are going to be spending a shit ton of money, but it's probably not on website design. It's probably on, you know, crazy, just ongoing A-B testing nonstop of your website. And you may not have the best looking website, but you're probably caring a lot more about how it performs. If you just want an, a good looking, simple five, seven page website, yeah, a couple few thousand dollars should get you a pretty good one if you shop smart.
Well, thanks, Jess. And if people want to see Jess's website, um, I just went before we started recording. It still looks fantastic with Page the new video on there. Page load times are good. Page load times are pretty good. Um, it's birkinlaw.com, and obviously we'll stick the link in the website too. So thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Make sure to catch next week's episode of The Lawyerist Podcast. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit lawyerist.com slash podcast or legaltalknetwork.com. You can subscribe via iTunes or anywhere podcasts are found. Both Lawyerist and the Legal Talk Network can be found on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and you can download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play or iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network. Nothing said during this podcast is legal advice. 